This is Lenny Wenestrom, Common Sense Health Expert. Welcome to the Wild and Free Healthy You Podcast. Without your health, there isn't much joy in life. So here we talk about all facets of health, including lots of unconventional strategies, tools, and solutions from a holistic point of view. This podcast is all about motivation, inspiration, and expansion of your mind, your body, and your spirit, because your health is your number one asset, and my job is to help you protect it. Now, on to today's episode of the Wild and Free Healthy You Podcast. This podcast does not provide medical advice. The purpose is to promote consumer knowledge and information on various health topics. Always seek the advice of your qualified health practitioner. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Wild and Free Healthy You podcast. My, I have a treat for you today. I have an incredible special guest who I found on Instagram. I mean, this is the awesome, awesomeness of the power of social media. And I am a, uh, I'm, I guess you could call um, handwriting or graphology a hobby of mine. And I'm not like super great at it, but I love it. And I'm always looking for that. So I have Joe Coppola. She's a handwriting analyst, certified graphologist, and a licensed mental health counselor. Joe has been an advocate for mental health wellness for many years using the tool of handwriting analysis and journaling in her professional work. I love journaling. We're going to get into that <laughs> with a particular passion in assisting young adults with a better understanding of self-awareness and well-being, which is so importante. Love that. Joe has been teaching workshops throughout her career, has a special interest and passion in mandala art interpretation and journaling. Now, you probably know that I don't know anything about mandala art because I'm probably mispronouncing it. How do you say it? Mandala. 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 What is mandala? Uh, Mandalas have been around forever, um, religiously and culturally. So it's a circle. You know what? Um, Yes. I have heard that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very ancient um, and very, almost very tribal. So as we get closer to helping people with tools in the mental health field, we're, we're getting closer to helping people get out of the, I need medication and I want to work on more from my hand, my heart, my mind. Art has become. God, that's amazing. I love that. But we're, we're seeing that there's a new thing. It's not new, but it's, it's coming out more in the mental health field, the creative arts therapies. Mm-hmm. Because so many people, the whole idea about talk therapy, and mm-hmm. I've been a therapist for many, many years. Mm-hmm. There are so many people, you know, we're seeing a trend where males now are going, having more therapy, needing more therapy practice so they can, you know, they can undo some of the wounding that their, their parents had and they, you know, wounds are generational and, and everybody has them. But the problem is people are tired of being stuck there. So instead of saying, oh, you know, I, I want to I be a better person and they work hard, a lot of times it's just forgiving the past, forgiving those people who maybe did not support who you came here to be. And I'm finding more and more as, as the years go by, and I work a lot with young people, doing artwork, doing journaling is giving people an opportunity to retell their story. And when you, when you fill a circle with your own art where there's no rules, so when, when I teach this class, I, I have everybody right from the get-go. I don't say too much. I say, you have pencil, you have colored pencils in front of you in a circle. Mm-hmm. Just fill it. And people, what, what do you want me to put in it? Yeah. Anything you want. So the artwork becomes what's happening in that moment in your subconscious mind. And all sorts of things come up. I interpret those. I interpret art. 
And, you know, it's a beautiful thing because most of us are so left brain thinking okay. that we try to manage everything from the left brain and it has to, has to make sense and it has to be rational. And the reality is, no, it doesn't always have to be rational. The right brain gets involved, which a lot of people don't know this. The right brain is where your intuition comes from, not the left brain. Mm -hmm. People are always thinking intuition, intelligence, left brain, analytical, rational reasoning. No, it's the right brain where creativity, the idea that what is, what is my, my, my gut telling me? What is, my, what is the depth? What is my knowingness telling me? It comes from the right brain. And I feel like if that comes out more in our culture, people mm -hmm. will stop feeling chaotic living in this world. Yeah, it, it feels very chaotic to a lot it, of people. Yes. And you know, can blame a lot of things, but the reality is mm -hmm. it's, it's the thought process. If we think we're living in chaos, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like when, I'm, when I work with my students and, I, and students say to me, I'm a substitute teacher, by the way. That's what, when I talk about students. Um, I, I sub here in the Philadelphia School District. And some kids will say something like, oh, I'm going to fail this test. And I say to them, oh, it sounds like you're convinced. You, you've convinced yourself. And they're like, no, I really think I'm going to fail this test. And I, and I say to them, change your thoughts. And instead say, I'm going to do the best that I can, and I'm going to pass this test. Mm -hmm. It's a whole mind frame. So, it really that, is. Yeah, absolutely. And that starts in younger years. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's, that, that training and practice and routine has to be something that's laid out. When, when young minds are starting to form, you, you, you know, we're not perfect. I think a lot of parents want their children to have all this experience. Let them, let them be. Mm -hmm. And that's where art is so wonderful and amazing because it sets the stage for right brain. How, how did you get into graphology? Were you, were you, a, were you licensed health uh, professional first, mental health? Uh, yes. Uh, I was working in New Jersey in the beginning of my career at a substance abuse outpatient uh, clinic in Patterson, New Jersey. And I have to preface this by saying my, my late uncle kind of invited me to take a course at Felician College in Lodi, New Jersey on handwriting analysis. And I was, you know, I already had a psychology background, which you need. So I was curious and I said, sure. And, you know, halfway through the first, halfway through that first introductory course, I thought, whoa, this is up my alley because I'm a very big Carl Jung fanatic. I, I adore him. I love the work that he's done with mandalas. He just, you know, it's kind of like I feel like in a past life, I was probably a student or something because I just feel just so drawn to his teaching and his books and, you know, his, the wow. depth of the subconscious, the collective consciousness, the collective unconsciousness. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of that term, terminology that I learned about in school and had since learned, it's like music to my ears. It's like if I was a musician, I'm part of that orchestra, you know. Wow. So, but that was, that was the beginning, and that was in 1986 when I began my coursework for handwriting analysis. How fun is that? So you are, um, explain a little bit about what graphology is for the, for the audience. And if you, I mean, if we get into like visuals, um, mm -hmm. then that's going to be okay too, because what I'll do is ask them to just go to the YouTube and watch the video if they're watching the podcast. Right. So, so well, but 
but what is graphology so that people get a real good understanding because this journaling will get into that and like mm. how key it is for like uh, mental health and emotional yes. health and intellectual yes. health. So real quick, handwriting analysis and graphology are kind of basically more or less the same. Um, internationally, they call it more graphology. Mm -hmm. um, it's not popular in our country. It's more popular in, you know, Europe and uh, Germans and French and Italian. You know, the Europeans, they, they acknowledge it. You know, for instance, in, um, in Israel, there are, there are places where before you can have an apartment, they have to see writing, you know, and they, people use it for employment selection, which is, imagine the fascinating, having a, a company in the city have a, a couple job postings and 200 people apply. Yes. Well, a handwriting analyst or graphologist will real, pretty much weed out all the people who will not fit that job description. Exactly. So if I, if I were the one hired, I would say, what don't you want? Uh, you know, in addition to the, the job posting, mm -hmm. you know, so they might say, well, we want somebody who's not going to be a loud mouth. You get rid of all the loud mouths, <laughs> you know, or somebody who's more subdued. We can, we can totally do that. So there, there's a lot of, you know, people don't realize in the moment when you write, that is where the energy and spirit of the person. So in other words, if I saw uh, your handwriting sample last year, it is not going to reflect you in this moment. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what's happening neurologically. And, and it's the link between the hand and, and the brain. So I always tell people, if you couldn't write anymore, God forbid you had an accident or whatever, and you used your mouth or your, your foot, okay. with practice, your writing would be the same because it's really brain writing. The hand is just the instrument. I, I, I find uh, handwriting analysis fascinating for that yes. very reason. And I, I just, I, I love the, just everything that it reveals about a person and, and then some, and, and, and then some that they don't even know. And, and it's like, it's, there's not, I mean, yes, there are some very negative traits, but there's not really good and bad. It's just like what the person exactly. is. I mean, you can, you can tell if there's an evil person, <laughs> but you know, or kind of from what I understand. Well, we, we, we don't really use the word evil. We would say that, um, neurologically speaking, or the woundage that they have been through, the traumas. Mm -hmm. we, we, you know, and I'm saying we generally, that people who do this kind of work, even mm -hmm. when I see, for instance, when I, when I meet a young person who is very deceptive, mm -hmm. you know, like the whole sample, there's deception, they're invasive, they're not gonna be honest, they're not honest to themselves. Mm -hmm. I always, when I speak to them, I always phrase it in the most positive frame basically saying to them, you know, with all your goodness and with all the desire of your heart to be part of society, there are certain reasons why you have a hard time sometimes accepting. Like I use that kind of language. Mm -hmm. So they know I'm not putting them down and judging them. But what I'm saying is you have an opportunity here with all the great positive traits that you have mm -hmm. to change your thinking about how you view yourself and the world in which you live in. So the language, I think over all the years, the, the, my ability to really, and, and it helps being a therapist because I have that down too. Like yes. it, when I meet somebody one-on-one, -on -one, and I do a lot of FaceTime handwriting analysis, so I can see anybody anywhere, mm -hmm. um, which is nice because then there's the, the, the flavor of they can be comfortable with me talking to them. 
I always find, I always can see in their expression on their faces, she knows me. This is so weird. I haven't said two words to her. She knows me better than my best friend. And people have, will have said that to me. It's like, your brain is very active. And in and, and handwriting analysis, the full flavor of your personality, including your health, is right there. So, and it is a science. There's no, there's no question. Yeah, I, 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 I really love it. And um, so where I was going when I said the word evil, we'll, re we'll redact that. I guess it's not written, so I can't. <laughs> it's just not... But, but, um, but what I'm saying is, so for, so my audience is uh, typically women 30 plus to the 65 plus. Yes. And so like if somebody were going to um, go on a date, if they could see the handwriting of the, they were the guy they were going with, they mm -hmm. could make a really good decision whether they really wanted to go out with that person or not. And that's, that's where always, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. It's a standing joke, but here's the, here's the problem with that one. Okay. There's an ethical piece of handwriting analysis that as a certified graphologist, mm -hmm. ethics code that we do not analyze anybody's writing without their permission. And there is a story behind that. There was a woman who was going to get married and she had her handwriting and her fiance's writing analyzed without his permission and uh -huh. she broke up with him so you know that became a legal problem oh interesting i didn't know you know who's compatibility well, but that that's what we call it but you have to both agree that we're yeah. going this yeah right that makes sense so um the i guess um there's just there's just so many things though that you can um, learn even about yourself if we go like so you're not going to analyze somebody else's without their permission correct but, um, but there's so many things that you can do for um, for yourself and I want to show you the book that I have it's um, bunker <laughs> this book have you seen oh, that yeah book? I have yeah I have do, that book do you know who he is well yeah uh, you have the book so you know that's an old book yeah I yeah, have it is. a library of handwriting analysis books that I have to weed out a little bit yeah so th this is what like where i've okay um, really um th this is kind of what i've settled on because there's so many there's, there's so many absolutely and it's like where do you start and so that was one of the things that he you know he talks about like just literally it's yeah. not that i mean he talks about so many different things but yeah. still yeah. Let, let's just take it to to um like graphology hand let's just call it handwriting analysis okay. so so yeah. it, I sent you, I just said, I'm going to be naked and vulnerable <laughs> with Joe. Yes. I'm going to let her know like who she's talking to. <laughs> yes, I got you quick. <laughs> so I sent you one and, and tell me what you saw in that for the audience, because I want them to understand that this is, it's a science. It's mm -hmm. awesome. And if they really want to, to learn about themselves, there's people like you that can help them, but they can Absolutely. also journaling themselves. It's the yes. brain. So Absolutely. it's going to be helpful. Yes. And it's intimate and it's personal. Yes. But anyway, getting back to you, uh, the quick glance, because I, you know, a lot of people don't realize I don't need to stare at your writing. I don't even, you know, people send me samples. I don't read it. I literally glance. I got the picture, you know, it's mm -hmm. the gestalt. I look at it. Oh, there you are. So with you, you have a lot of stubbornness, um, the, the generosity of yourself, how much you are extending 
your natural, you know, part of your purpose here is to extend yourself. So I see that, you know, you sometimes there's difficulty in, in the thinking process because the energy sometimes, your energy sometimes is larger than what's happening inside of you. So I think keeping busy and being very super motivated um, helps you. Like I, I was saying before we, we got online, you have to have rituals just to kind of taper down and have more of your explosive energy put into more productive for you. Your, your way of being productive is to help others. That, that's the extension of yourself. And I feel like as you get, I, I don't know your whole history, but I would imagine as you get older, your energy is getting larger. Like that was so obvious in that short sample. You know, I would love for you to do more artwork because I think your imagination, your creative mind, I feel like taking time out maybe once a week even just to kind of like explore more of the right brain would be really balancing for you. Because you work on your piece. That's very obvious to me when I saw your, your, your sentence. You, and your signature, you work on your piece, which is a big deal. Well, that's exciting. So, uh, mm -hmm. so traits, did you see other traits? Um, you know what, I, I'm going to just pull it up because um, you sent it to me and I looked at it while I was at school today on the phone. Let's see. I, do, I want people to understand like the... the I, no, I, I hear that. And letters, I would, stroke, you know, the, 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 you're not going to be able to see the, well, I need, you can, um, but, but the actual, um, what do you call it, the pressure... Well, right. Usually handwriting analysts, when they're doing a real sample, we like to have um, the writing in our hands. Right. pressure says something about your energy, your personal energy, mm -hmm. nobody else's energy. And I'm just trying to, I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted. I'm just trying to pull this up. Oh, well, I'll just keep talking while you look for that. Okay. I have an iPhone, so I'm just trying to go down and scroll where you sent me the email with, with your, well, oh, there it is. okay, I got it. Okay. Okay, so, so basically the, the biggest thing that, I mean, the thing that struck me, uh, I guess the, the, the quickest, were your T-bars. Uh, in the word interviewing, the, the length of your T-bar is very thick and long. So your T-bars really talk a lot about goals, and how much energy are in your goals. So because yours is so full and long, and in your name, you have a hook in your name that goes all the way up. If you're looking at your, the, the little sample you sent me, you can see that that energy that goes up is, is your goals for the future. Anything to the right always talks about the future. So for you, it goes up and it's, it's just kind of like, I, my, my motivation has a lot to do with what's ahead of me, you know, so I have your goals and you have energy for that. There's, there's motivation, there's determination, your eye dots are where they're supposed to be. So people whose eye dots are pretty much on where they're supposed to be, we're paying attention, we're visual, you know, you're a little impatient, but you always bring it back. <laughs> um, and, you know, we all have a little bit of that. It's just, it's just the impatience. Just there's so many things you're interested in. That that's basically where that is. 
But yeah. I think you have, you have a really wonderful sense of your own self. That, that's another thing where your, your capital letters are nice and large. Um, and I think communication-wise, I feel like that's one of the things, if I could point out something to be helpful to you, mm -hmm. I think having more people, more like-minded people in your circle where you can collaborate ideas and okay. share information would be awesome for you. So. I would love that. I love yeah. that. And yeah. that, that's when I'm, and, and that's in your A's and your O's. The more, the more open they are, instead of being really closed, uh -huh. the more you're getting your opportunity to express yourself. So, so handwriting is basically, if we, if we were symbolic, which we are, the lower zone really talks about the lower zone letters like the Y's and the J's and the G's and the F's. They go be below the baseline. If, if, the, if the sample were on lines, the line that it sits on would be the baseline. Anything below that is the lower zone of the writing. And okay. that really talks about the physical, talks about roots, talks about how materialistic you are. You know, it's, it's the physical uh, rooted energy that we have, you know, just like trees. So it would be like the roots of a tree. So if, you, if your G does not come back to the baseline and it just kind of sits on the bottom, you know, you're not really finishing projects, you know, and, and that's just one little thing. Just like the upper zone, like I always look at the letter L, it goes above the baseline. That's really your imagination. How much thinking are you, how much energy is in your thinking? You know, is your, does your L look like a, a line or is it wide? Does it have energy in it? That shows how much, in that moment, how much energy you're thinking. You're talking yeah. about the loop, correct? Yes, the loop. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. the loop. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, so, and a lot of people ask the question, oh, some of my writing is in printing, some of my writing is in writing. And that's, that's not right or wrong. It's just the energy of your, your mind. Because think about it. All writing is communication, whether it's to yourself or to somebody else. You're taking notes. You're trying to figure something out. It's all... In a sense, it's information that you're communicating either with your, your brain's way of processing. Well, actually, it's all your brain's processing, you know, whether you're writing a letter. I mean, the other thing I, I would love to see come back, and I'm an advocate for this, is people writing love letters again, mailing them. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had no, no offense to the card companies. But, you know, I, I always laugh at people. I, and I send cards. I'm not saying I don't. But if you really want to express yourself to somebody, you could spend 30 minutes looking for a card in the store. Sit down and craft a letter because yeah. people keep that. You know, eventually you throw the card in the recycling bin. But yeah. uh, and, and there goes the communication. There goes the energy. <laughs> right. And, you know, I, I often tell people, the other thing I want to do in my lifetime, I hope I have an opportunity to do this, I would, I would love for people to, to kind of like find their grandmother, great-grandmother's love letters to their great-grandfather mm -hmm. and find me and, and show me some of these letters. You want to know what your great-great-grandmother was like? Let me tell you all about her. I have her right. Oh. How cool is that? That's beyond cool. Because great-grandma, I, I didn't get to meet her. Well, let me tell you all about great-great-grandma because... Here it is. Wow. And they wrote letters. They, I know. <laughs> that's how my mother and father knew it. My mother, my father lived in Naples, and he and my mother wrote to each other for two years. 
And I have some of those cards, some of the cards that they sent each other. And it was like, wow, wow. This, this, these, these were my parents at 20 years old. And my father, I think, was 25 when they started writing. Or 24 even. They were young. But the energy and the, just the excitement and getting to know each other and the questions and the answers. You know, my mother's not with us anymore. And I, I, I just wish, you know, I, I, we, we didn't know she was going to leave us so early. I just wish I would have said to her, give me the whole stack because I want it in my possession. I, you know, I don't know what happened to it, but I have some of it. And it's, yeah. just, it's just remarkable that that's why people save them because what they're really saving is the essence of the person who sent the letter, the card, and, they, and the other part is what they said. You know, people don't mm -hmm. save, you save an email, that's nice. It's in your computer, okay. There's right. nothing better than just feeling, you know, back in the day, people would, women would put a little perfume on their, their letter. <laughs> you know, like there were all these, this, the heart, I want you to feel me. You know, like yeah. it's feeling yeah. with, with, the, with the media now, the social age, it's different. Mm -hmm. And everything is so fast. You can send somebody a text in half a minute. Like, yeah. write a letter and so much more will come out. You know, are, so. are you finding that uh, children are, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to go into handwriting because mm -hmm. I didn't want handwriting to go away. I didn't want, because of the digital age. Exactly. And you see all the children, besides all the Wi-Fi penetrating their brains and Wi -Wi. messing everything else up, and we're electrical beings, right? So that's going to affect the handwriting too. Um, but, the, but I didn't want the, I wanted people to write. I, I, because there's, there's that connect, the brain, you talk brain writing, right? It's brain writing. Absolutely. So you lose that and you, so you're literally like your brain, I don't know if you'd say atrophying, but you're losing that ab ability to like pull things out and to see them. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but that's oh, how. Yeah, you're, you're, in the, you're, you're in the right line, uh, line of thought. I think, I think because it's become so collective, you know, so many schools got rid of it. And, and I, like I said, I, I work in a school and I, I often talk to the kids about this and, some of them that had to write. My, my biggest fear is that in the future, if kids don't know how to write, they will not know how to sign their name. And they're going to come up with some symbol that's going to represent who they are. Yeah. Not going not to cut it. Because yeah. really, when you think about it, your signature, that's, it's kind of like your palm. You can't cut your hand off and go grab somebody else's hand and attach it to your, your body. You know, yeah. your signature is that personal. Mm -hmm. And historically, think about it. The signature has been around. I always talk about the, the beginning, the history of handwriting. Back in the day, you had, to, you, had to, you had to be somebody to know how to handwrite. You had to go to school and pay for that. It wasn't in schools. Mm -hmm. You know, if we look at the Declaration of Independence, all of those people who signed it were affluent people. They were trained, privileged. Yes. And if you look at the writing, it pretty much seems like it all came from the same school, you know, like mm -hmm. were privileged people. And, and in order to have that kind of money, you had to be somebody. So this country was fortunate that they initiated cursive handwriting in schools in the first place, you know, and, and everybody's concerned. Oh, well, we don't want to take away from the, the technical technology age. That's mm -hmm. ridiculous. 
So yeah. you're really removing personality. You're, 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 you know, it's kind of like we're, we're getting all these young people together and we're missing. It's like taking art out of school. How could you, how could you take art out of school? That's how I feel about handwriting. It's the yeah. same to me. And then another thing that we have done wrong in this, in this, in this uh, country, we graded handwriting. We graded art, which made a lot of young people go, mine is terrible. I got to see. I'm not, why would I want to do this? Or even R. Oh, I don't, I don't get better than a B minus. I'm not an artist. No one, no one needs to be an artist unless you really want to be one, right? Joe, I, I never thought about that, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> we did get graded and, yes, and did. I didn't get like the best, the best grades in my I went to Catholic school, <laughs> so if you didn't write exactly like the nun, you never, how could anybody get, I don't think there were more than two people in my class that got an A in handwriting, wasn't me, because think about that, it, it's a practice. And yeah. then here's the other thing people don't know, by the time you turn 18, your handwriting basically formulates as it is. Because when you're 10, when you're 12, your writing changes, adolescent writing is always bigger, that's why when, when we learn handwriting, has to be on lined paper with, with the, with the lines in the middle because that's something you have to learn. You, you don't just wake up when they go, oh yeah, I'm gonna copy that. It's practice. Mm -hmm. But by the time you're 18, your brain, there's a development, it's a developmental thing. You mm -hmm. have the control to flow in what sense with your communication with your brain. And the same is true with children when they first learn how to speak. They say, you know, there's, you know, the words don't really come out. The pronunciation is, is, is formulating. Same right. exact thing applies to handwriting. So that's why in second grade, that's a really, first, second grade is a great age to introduce handwriting. So yeah. if there are young women who are listening to this, who have young children, make sure that you're teaching them the basics if they're not learning it, and always have them do artwork. That is, the stimulus for the right brain is so important. I want to add something to that because I, I'm an advocate for mental health. Children that do more artwork are children that have more calm personality. Uh, can you repeat that? They have more calm personalities. Oh, that are practicing art? and That are doing art. That's part of their life. Mm -hmm. You know, like for instance, a lot of kids, you know, I talk to kids. A lot of them, they go home, they do their homework, they're on the video games. Yes. And, you know, I understand all that because it's addicting. And I tell the students, I'm like, those companies want you to be addicted, just like the cigarette companies when they were realized that people were getting addicted, uh -huh. you know, started doing things like, let's put some menthol in there, let's make it interesting. It's the same, it's the marketing scheme. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like, it doesn't really yeah. make children, especially, you know, I, when I speak to my students, no. they always ask me, how's, I be, I be. how's sleeping going for you after you finish your video games? And they just look at me like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know what I mean. <laughs> because their brains are super, their brains are super, you know, so all that light and all that activity, their brains are awake, they're energized. Yeah. Artwork is so much better. Or, or journaling, because I know we want to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I, I really um, like the, um, the people that I work with. I really like them to journal. It's... Um, and, and and I love what you just talked about with the children. I apologize for Ivy. Ivy, here's Ivy Vinica. Vinica. No worries. 
this is the second interview that she's done this, and it's not any fun. She wanted to say hi to me. Hi, Danny. No, she, there's somebody at the door. Oh, no. So it's uh, it gets, becomes painful. Anyway, um, okay. yeah. So no you're uh, helping children, and 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 what you've just what you've just um, the gift you've just given to my audience is uh, is amazing because so many of them have um, young children, even children that are having issues. I mean, if if you if you think about, it's not just. Um, there's so many things that are that are problems, like all the chemicals in the foods, the the fluoride in the water, which is dumbing people down. There's, I mean, there, there's so many things that people need to be watchful right. of and for. And so um, these are like that's one thing that when you talked about the privilege of writing, and I love that about the history of graphology mm -hmm. or handwriting analysis or just handwriting, that it was a privilege that you to to be able to write was like something that you pay for it. and now and now it's like Poof, I don't need to write I'm gonna type and we're and, and so we're well, going you know, say, no, nobody does it anymore and you know newsflash yes they do yes yeah. we do yes we do yes we do so yeah and, and is it a matter of money budget you know like you could we could really think about all sorts of nonsense but the, the reality is second third grade teachers you know twice two hours a week hello you know like that's that's important, and it's and it's also important for reading, because yeah. it oh, yeah. makes for better readers. Because well, it's a discipline. It, it's the it's the it's the young brains that have to be disciplined for so many things. Mm -hmm. It's the young brains' opportunity to learn the best way for themselves personally mm -hmm. to get information. So let's talk about now journaling and and how that that helps people when they're. In, in their, when they're going through, I mean, a yes. daily, daily journaling is just, to me, just a very uh, important piece or criti critical is the wrong word, but. Yes, but I, critical is the right word. Yeah, I, but it sounds so like critical, but, but it, it, it kind of is. But critical in the sense of wellness. Yeah, in the well, sense of wellness for your, for your mental right. health, your emotional health, and even your intelligent health. Because, um, yes, all because of these you get to see. Here's how I think of journaling, and you tell me as the expert. But you get yes. to not only one what you said you see you saw a picture of your handwriting. You can literally tell when I write and I'm upset or something. Absolutely. You can see like oh. you can see that in, in that, yes. and you can and you yes. can like back off and you or or you could like it's like you could see patterns of how you progress. You get like if you're stressed, you've got all kinds of stuff. You get it out of the head and onto the paper, and and Absolutely. you feel it's almost like deep breathing. It's it's um it's cathartic, and and you get to see you literally create your own. You 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 have something tangible in front of you now of who you are and and what just basically who you are, your essence, what you were talking about, which I love that word. So if you saw my if you saw my um, if you saw my business card I have on it, only you can write your own story. Yeah, I love and that. Journaling is all about your own story. Mm -hmm. So so journaling really the bottom line with journaling, and I, I always when I talk to anybody anybody that I analyze, I always pretty much incorporate my passion to share with them when you have your own intimacy with yourself. Anything that happens in life, 
you know yourself. You know, it's kind of like everybody thinks, oh, what is intimacy? Oh, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my wife, my husband, my best friend. Yeah, that's all nice. <laughs> and it is nice. I mean, all that's wonderful stuff. But right. if you don't have your own intimacy, you're really left hanging. And the hanging part is, gee, if I'm in a crisis, that person is going to help me out. Guess what? They may not be able to do that. And not consistently anyway. So journaling is really identifying the deeper, most profound part of who you are to yourself. The equal sign is self-love. I am not perfect. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I have a dialogue with myself. Some people journal first thing in the morning. I'm a, more of an evening journaler. I find when I go, when I, right before I go to sleep is the most important time in my ritual. Because, mm -hmm. and this is why, so many people have sleep problems. Mm -hmm. The reason why people have sleep problems is when they lie their head down after a full day of everything, they can't turn off their thoughts. That's so you, right before you go to sleep, I, I always tell people 20 minutes, if you write down all the things that are on your mind in that moment, your brain is having an opportunity to put those thoughts in a place where communicating with yourself. And then once you lie down, your brain has already had the opportunity to kind of like let some of that out. So your body gets a chance to rest. And you can dream better. Because I, I also am a big dream interpreter. You know, I'm, I'm all about the subconscious mind, which is where art for me comes from. But the journaling part. Another thing I, I, I think as a, as a culture and a society, we have a hard time when problems happen. Most people. Uh -huh. And I think of grief, because that's, people are going to die. I mean, it's not like, well, don't worry, hon, nobody's ever going to die on you. Yes, because <laughs> we're going to die too. Right. <laughs> we all have an expiration right. date. <laughs> and, it's, and it's a natural thing that happens to, but nobody prepares for that. Not yeah. children, not teenagers, nobody talks about it. And I'm okay with all that. We shouldn't sit around the table and say, let's talk, talk about grandma, because she's going to die. <laughs> You're right. But anyway, so when somebody does die. Uh-huh. You go to the service, you have the whatever, the meal, the repast, and you come home, then what? So I, I, I'm actually, right now, de have developed a journal line. And my journal line consists of different journals for different populations. One of them has to do with grief. So you give somebody, you'll give somebody a journal that, that's kind of my creation, and it's a year journal that you will be writing to that person who passed, Mm -hmm. Every day, you want to share. Oh, today was your birth. Today's your birthday. Happy birthday! So after that, years over, you had processed a lot of emotion. Okay. You know, some days you just. Today I woke up and I, I, you know, I went to the park and I, I saw a tree that we both loved and I just broke down and fell apart. And you're writing about that. Mm -hmm. That that journal will be kept for years. And when great-grandchildren or whoever comes, oh, I never knew grandpa, I never knew grandma. You know what? I wrote to grandma, grandpa for a whole year. Here's the book. Read it. So you can get a chance to know that person. Today's your birthday. And in your honor, we did this. We planted a tree. We had your special, we had your favorite dessert, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I, and um, it's I, yes, I actually did that for a, a, a friend. Um, when her husband died, gave her a journal, and and it just it made the whole. She told me months later yes. that it just um, that 
she said, I don't know what I would have done without yes. the journal because I Absolutely. suggested that she write, you know, love right. to him and um, just talk to yeah. him, not love letter, but just, I said, write a love letter, talk express to him. Express your love, which express is what Express your love. And yeah. And, and she did. And, and she said, it just, it, it, she said, I just felt like he was with me and I didn't feel so alone. She said some days were really hard and yeah. other days Absolutely. were, yeah. So it's just, you know, I wish I would have had that advice when my mother died because um, yeah. I, I was with her, like we were supposed to write her, her, um, her memoirs. And so, and then she, she died, you know, when I was there and which was totally unexpected. And, um, and it just, I mean, I was, I can imagine it yeah. was horrible. Of course. And, and I didn't even know, like, she's my bestest friend in the entire world. And, and so it was, yeah. it was very, very difficult. It sounds like you had something similar. Yeah. But I, I, when my mother passed, that's where, that's where my idea came from because that's what I did. Oh, and, and great. I wish I would have known that for myself, but I was just like, really, it, it was rock. kind of my, the favorite part of my day. You know, I was, you know, raising my three kids and mm -hmm. I would kind of like that special time of night after everybody was sleeping just to, you know, or during the day, whatever was going on, just to kind of like get into my journal and just like, it was, it brought me a lot of peace. And I, I knew the other thing I really knew in my own heart, mm -hmm. she was reading what I was writing that gave yeah. me the most comfort. You know, like she actually could read. I want to make a, a point for your listeners. I only recommend that people journal on unlined paper, not lined, unlined, no lines. And, and the, okay. the reason being emotionally, from an emotional standpoint, when there are no lines on the paper, you have an opportunity to be more raw. Mm -hmm. there's, no, there's no lines, there's no stability there's no structure you're raw so which is great because sometimes you just maybe you just want to draw a picture maybe you just want to write a poem maybe you just want to do some scribbles the lines you know like i love lines when i have to make a list that's my favorite time to use lines other than that i would never ever i won't even analyze somebody's writing unless it's on online paper i think that's great i mean that's yeah. why i sent you my little thing online and yeah, I noticed that. I, it's as if you knew all about me. It was like, oh. You know, I had to call, call me back in 10 minutes. Go, go write your, go write. You can even copy that. I, I, I just can't look at the lines. It's just my yeah. <laughs> Well, I think it stifles. It stifles. Um, it keeps you, it, it keeps you in your head, in a line, and what somebody else wants you to do. Right. What we were it's like being in school. So, you, yeah. Yeah, right. And and I write in line journals, and from now on, I'm going to um, not do line journals because uh, that's yeah. a very good point. <laughs> I want I want all this. I want to talk to Barnes and Nobles and say to them, "You're wasting a heck of a lot of ink on those journals." Yeah. Eliminate it. Yeah. Just, you know, it's kind of like everything else. When when we're told this is how this is how this is supposed to be. Says who? You know, like yeah. <laughs> exactly. who, who, who wrote a who wrote a dissertation about <laughs> need to have lines in a journal? I, you know, so <laughs> or I, that I, you have to write on a straight line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who came up with that? I mean, there needs to be some semblance of something, but it's it's up to you to make that. You know, I mean, different cultures write up and down, write backwards. Right, you know, yeah, you're right. And I think you're right. You have a good point by saying that. I have, I have about, I have 
so many journals, probably 40 plus years worth of journals. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes I'll pick one of them up because I don't use lines. I'm writing backwards, upside down. It's kind of like, like you were saying before, where you are in the moment mm -hmm. is the, the, the paper, is the space. It's kind of like when you, have, when you give somebody a blank canvas to, to paint or draw on. Mm -hmm. that, that's the canvas. That's, your, your writing is the naked page. You're putting yeah. yourself onto that page. Why should there be structure? You know, it's kind of like kids that go to school and have to wear uniforms. There's something really great about that because that's a structure. You're going to school. You're going to be following protocol. You right. know, and when we don't have the uniforms, kids have a really hard and difficult time conforming because I'm in my own skin. I'm in my own clothing. I, this is falling out. My hair is this way. <laughs> I, I mean, I went to Catholic school, and, and my mother, who had seven children, Love the fact that we just had to iron, well, she had to iron our blouses and put on the uniform with the tie and the little beanie if we were going to go to church. And it, it, it just kind of like there was a routine about that, you know? Yeah, so, mm -hmm. yeah. It, it, makes it, it makes it easier, I would imagine. Then you don't have to figure out what you're going to wear every single day, although I love that part. So, because <laughs> I did not go to Catholic school. Yeah. Um, well, that's... And that's ups and downs like everything else there's always yeah yeah you know, the, you know it's finding the balance i think yeah sometimes i think there's too much structure in, in our world and then other times but you, but yeah you need to find a balance because you definitely need structure i mean i know i need structure in order yeah, to get things too. done so Absolutely. as much as i buck against it that's probably are, are those the tented teas that you saw the, that's tented stubborn. Tea, the stubborn yeah <laughs> that's kind of like resolution i'm if I put my mind to something, mm -hmm. and then if the T-bar on the tent is wrong, that mm -hmm. just solidifies the deal. <laughs> like, eh, well, you no, you are. <laughs> and of course, the wider the tent is, the more, the more that resolute energy is, is. I better look at how wide my tent was. It was kind of good. I, I would give it a, I would say it was up there. I don't know which one that was. Which was tented. How do you like my word who? It was in the interviewing word, the, the tented T. So um, one of the things that, and I'll, I'm going to put this on, I don't know if I could put this on the show notes. I'll put it on my website. I'll put my sample on there so people can see what we're talking about. Awesome. Um, the, so the word who, um, I have my, like I cut off the, the H, <laughs> I don't even, and it is a closed O. I have a lot of closed. Yes. And, so that's uh, communication. Like I was telling you before. Yeah. 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 The, um, I really worked. Go ahead. Oh, I just, I, I really worked on my S's because like to close them, because isn't that like, um, like when you, when you have a in cursive and you close your S, isn't that being, um, tell me what that means. Well, for, to like, me, symbolically for me, that's how much you yield to others in your life. You mean so if it's open, even on an S? So if it's, if it's rounded, yours are sharp. So that kind of means you, you don't allow people to, to sway you. You, you, you know, it's kind of like I'm kind of more in charge of my own decisions and I don't go, I'm not wishy-washy. You know, yieldedness means, well, I want to do this, but, you know, 
Uh-huh. Maybe I shouldn't because maybe somebody, maybe somebody won't like it or I, you know, I might not be the right, like there's no energy behind it. That, that's an energy letter, the S. And um, one of the things that I, I don't know if you ever have knew Dorothy Peterson. Does that name ring a bell or no? Dorothy? Dorothy Peterson. No. Anyway, she's who I studied with. She's probably 85 or six now. She, um, she told me that when you have sharp, mm-hmm. um, sharp, like I do very sharp, um, points that that's, um, that the, the wedges in between is when you, you want to learn and mm-hmm. energy and, and so you intelligence or not intelligence, but information is coming yes. in. Like you're open. You want to learn. Like Absolutely. you really want to learn. Well, you have analytical writing. Uh, any a- angularity in writing is really a matter of how you view things. Like I, my writing is more methodical. So that so rounded. Right. So for me, I can't learn and grasp things quickly. I have to be visual. Mm-hmm. In order for me to own any information, I can't be rushed. I'm not jumping ahead. Your personality is more, you're, you're, you have a lot of extroversion in you, but you also have a lot of introversion in you. Mm-hmm. And the introversion part is where you come back to yourself. So as much as you need people, you need yourself. Because if you're a true extrovert, your energy runs on people. Information you give, you get, it's always. And then when, when you have introversion in you, it's that coming back and replenishing. So I think for you, things have, things have to make sense. I think I, I look at your writing and I, I say to myself, there has been so much growth, but you're, you're still a student and you're still enjoying the growth process. Mm-hmm. And the generosity, if you look at the, the first, full disclosure, the way, you, the way you make your E in disclosure, that's mm-hmm. an extension of your energy. So you're you, talking about the, the ending, yes. the, the tail, or what, what would you yes. call that? That it goes up. The end zone, the ending um, stroke. The ending stroke. So you you wrote the word disclosure, and by making the e so long, the ending stroke. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is you're really open to being able to reach people. Like you really are. You whatever with this work that you're doing, you a hundred percent of you is is in this. It's not like well, this is fun to do right now. This is in this present time. You are really, this is purposeful for you mm-hmm. as it is for other people. Because as you help people, they are helping you. It, it's kind of like I look at this and I think of the rhythm of it, the, the optimism of it. It's just mm-hmm. you, the extent you, you receive as you give. So I think you're, you, right now, what you're doing right now is beautiful because it comes from your heart. And everything you brought with you up until now, you're, you're like recycling it just to help. You know, it's extension. Uh-huh. Let, me, let me give you my hand if you need my hand. And, and, the ending, and so the ending stroke, like, so it shows generosity, right? Yes. yes. And, and does that, that comes from the mother, correct? Does that from the mother's side or no? Is, how does that work? No, no, I think the mother and father in handwriting is always the capital I. Oh, oh tell me. <laughs> Whatever kind of relationship. So you know the capital I, there's the, the loop part. Ah, and I didn't write one. Yes. The loop, the loop part, like the letter L, the loop, that's mother. And yeah. then the 
the part that goes to the left, uh -huh. other part. So how people do that really talks about the relationship you have with your mother and father. Wow, that's really interesting. Oh, See, you don't have to do that. You just put a, a line, like a, a stick, yeah. shows that you don't take on that influence. You're very independent without relying on mother-father influence. I have analyzed 80-year-old women, and they, they still have their mother and father influences to that wow. And See, it's subconscious again. Yeah, th this is the this is the beauty of handwriting analysis, and this is why I'm so in love with it, mm. and and why I feel like it is just uh, I don't feel I know that it is just yes. such an important part of of who we are and our essence. And I love that word because that's really I keep saying that, but that's because it is. Yes. But um, but it's who we are. And so for my audience, I really want um, I want I want you guys to understand like how this is um, can can help you to know yourself better to, to fall in love with yourself yes. to, to practice self-care feel that self-worth like all these things um, like somebody like Joe can guide you to this and and help you to see like where you might have like a, a poor body image or poor um, low self-esteem or something like this and some things you it's kind of like this is how I see it, Joe. You know, what's that thing with the four windows and, and you can't see, like you can't see yourself, but others can see you? It's in psychology. It's like 101. Do you know oh. what I'm talking about? Jonah's window or something like that. And it has four panes. I, I must have fell asleep that day. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I think that was the only day I was awake. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I went to the... Um, uh, the personality, the, the four personalities, you know, extroversion, introversion, gentle, oh. strong. And, oh, yeah, no, this, this is like you can see the things that people, you can't see about yourself, but other people can see it about you. Like it's so obvious to people. Like, you, you know, you have something on your clothes and they can see yeah. it, but it's like on your back, like kick me or something and you can't see it, but everybody else can. It's yeah. that kind of, but it's those, it's, it's your traits. It's your, it's the, your things that you're, um, things that you, I don't know, traits, um, what is it you can change? I mean, like, um, to have more self-confidence, like, like goals, like if you want to reach your goals, like mm -hmm. you're talking about the T's, like right. long and, and right. so when, your t, when your T bar is very low and short, mm -hmm. right off the bat, not only do you have, very low goals you don't have any energy for any goals you know if you don't utilize the right the, the right margin you're mm -hmm. afraid i mean every little thing from the first dot to the last anything on the paper says something exactly about you in that moment so i i like the word essence because i equate that to personal power everybody alive has personal power uh -huh. and, and so many people want to be just like somebody else. And I say to myself, why would you want to shortchange yourself? Yeah. Why can't you just be like you? Because any, everybody, over the 27 years that I have been analyzing people, I have never once not had a great time sharing with the person in front of me their fabulousness. Yeah. And a lot of people are like shocked. And like, why, you know, like, I'm so shocked. I, I remember meeting with a, a a young woman and she's like this sounds so shocking and I'm like why <laughs> and she said because nobody has ever 
known me the way you just described me. And I said, well, do you believe what I was saying to you? And she said, I always knew that, but I guess I was waiting for somebody to tell me. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I don't know why we wait for people to validate us. But again, it's like what I said before, we, we all come in with wounds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. a lot of people, you know, it's a sadness for me. And I have experience as a therapist and in my personal life mm -hmm. with people who they get so stuck there. So, you know, we're supposed to grow in life. There's no, you know, or you're supposed to be, your growth should be here at this age. And you're, you're in your 20s, you're in your 30s. And let's be honest, that's really not true. It's a personal thing. Yeah, and I is. feel like the people who want to do the most growing, it has nothing to do with being in the same category with other people. Because a lot of people equate growth to success. Well, I must be grown because I reached a goal or I became successful. That you could you could reach all the success you want and be and be as as stunted as a, an eight year old who had trauma in, in in your eighth year that you could not deal with. Okay, you're successful as heck, but you haven't grown emotionally. Mm -hmm. And people sign is a lot of people who get older they start having some health issues because emotionally they have been strangulated mm -hmm. where's it gonna go right so you see you know nowadays and you and I both know this there's more symptoms and diagnoses and you go to the store look how many medications for stomach ailments look how many medications for uh, heart this the, I can't even go in those stores it makes me sick to my stomach there's not there's no nothing holistic because nobody has the time to say if you start writing and exploring some of these things with yourself, mm -hmm. it's going to help. Yeah. You know, it's, and it, I have to say, it's kind of like physical exercise. You don't get to a point where these are the things I want to change about my body. And you work really hard and you get to your goal and you're like, oh, got it. I'm there. And then you stop doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> what do you expect is going to happen? You know, so the same thing is true about ourselves in in wellness we spend so much time talking about mental illness let's talk about mental wellness let's i love that and i mean that's that's where i'm passionate that's why the, the journaling and the artwork bring it back bring it back let people you know i don't even own a television set i love that because you know what number one it's noise and number two why would i want that in my conscious mind yeah and it does i mean yeah. even even if the volume is off, that energy is pulsing. It is hitting your mind. I mean, I have a computer, and if I want to watch a documentary, or if I want to watch This Is Us because it makes me cry and I love it, that's that? fine. That's a, that's a show. This Is Us is a oh, <laughs> show, which I fell in love with just because of the characters. But I don't. There's nothing, you know, for me. If I sit at my my kitchen table and I have nothing better to do, which is rare because i'm always writing yeah oh, i have my pencils my colored pe my 150 colored pencils in a big jar with my writing paper my drawing paper always on my table people come and visit me you want to do a mandala i sit them down and hand them it hand it to them and we do one together how fun and well, it is go ahead no I, i'm saying i i it's, it's, it's not premeditated it's just it's there. That, that's, that's why your, your audience, keep that stuff around. Don't hide it in the closet. You know, have a little section in your house with the paper, the pencil. So 
I don't know what to do on board. You know, don't throw them in front of the TV. Go do some artwork. Or but, give them an iPad or a phone or a, I mean, you know, it's the best thing for kids. The best thing for kids in the whole wide world, this is my personal opinion, the best thing for moms and dads, do some artwork with them. I agree. Down with them. So if it takes an hour, it's the best hour you can spend in your day. You know, th that's really interesting because, and, and this, I see this, I volunteer at food bank on Fridays and nice. um, when I'm not traveling. And, and the kids, the first thing they do is they reach for the pen and want to start writing. I mean, it's innate. Yes. It's like they want to write. They want to express themselves. Yes. And it just gets curved. It gets natural. cut off with the, it's natural with yes. the iPhones and the iPads and, and, you know, and you start giving them that and they start seeing all these things and they start getting their brain going the way it shouldn't be going. And I, agree. I mean, it's fine to have some playtime and to learn and stuff. Yeah. And, but man, that it's just innate. They just, every single time they reach for the pen and, you know, and the parents like grabbing the pencil away from them or pen and it's like no it's it i mean i'm okay with it right. <laughs> you know and i'm going to start taking the non-toxic crayolas <laughs> and put them and put them on the, which i should have been doing a long time ago but i just got that idea and i'm just going to like have paper and put some non-toxic crayons there and and well, look, it's becoming normal even young kids no matter where you go everybody's on their phone oh yeah nobody yeah. looks at each other I mean, I, I live in a, I live in a, a pretty dense city here in, in South Philly, and mm -hmm. you know, the city of brotherly brotherly love. We, we us people who live here, we kind of chuckle at that, you know, brotherly love. Yeah, more or less, but it's not like people think it is. When I know when I walk down the street, which is every single day, I make sure I smile and say hi to pretty much everybody I pass, and the joy in their face that somebody is acknowledging that they're alive. And of course I also bless them because I believe in that. Yeah. You know, like sometimes I wonder why am I in the city? You know, I, I, I tend to really be a tree lover. I don't have a lot of that here, but I know it's purposeful. Yeah. And we, we all, all of us crave human connection, but if we don't have it with ourselves, we chase and chase and it's tiring and it leaves us in the same place I just, I just want intimacy, you know, yeah. so that, that, that I want to, I want to say that one more time that the best experience with journaling is to be so intimate with yourself again, that if anything happens, anything comes up, you have an opportunity to start talking with yourself about what is happening. And like you were saying, you know, when, when, when something happens, your writing is always going to get smaller when you're in crisis, yeah. right. when you're happy, your writing is going to be bigger. It's yeah. just emotion. It's energy. When, when, feeling, when you're in a crisis, and it, it's just like when you're in a crisis, there's this, eh, you, you know, you restrict. Get into so the fetal position. Right, because that's what happens to your writing. How could that not be the brain? What, what would you tell people who, because I come up, this happens all the time. Um, okay. They say, but I'm afraid somebody's going to read my journal. What, I know. What, I what, is, what is your response to that? How do you help people get past that? My response is find a place in your room. I'm sure most people have a room. Just find a place, maybe under the bed, under, under the mattress. You know, so you put or in it a backpack in, or something yeah, you personal. It, you put it in there when no one's who's watching you do it. I mm -hmm. have a lot of young girls that say, oh, I don't want my father or my, my mother to pick it mm -hmm. up. You know, I'm just like, just kind of like 
they're not with, are they with you 24 hours around the clock? Yeah. No, you just kind of find a place that you know it's going to be there. You okay. know, but, but that's another form of, I don't know if I want to do this, I'm scared. Because I'm exposing my feelings and my emotions. That's scary for people. It is scary. And that's why a lot of people don't go to therapy. They're afraid. I have to, I have to tell people my thoughts. Yeah. You have to tell somebody, you know, yeah. so might as well be yourself first. Yeah. Or you strangle yourself. I mean, you, it's just, you can't, you just can't breathe and you'll never be your, you'll never reach your creative who you are. You'll but just... sometimes going to therapy is the first place to start because, you know, so many people go to a doctor and they, they have these four symptoms and right away. And I say, and I, and I always say this because this is my field. Okay. And I always say back when I was first a therapist, we had two psychi psychiatrists working in my building. They would have sessions. This is in the early eighties. They would have sessions with the clients, 45 minute sessions. Now it's what? 10 minutes. And a pill. Symptoms, symptoms and, and, diagnosis, medication. Yeah. 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 And um, we're killing the brains. We're killing their brains. Oh God! Yes, I mean, in so many ways, the brain is is being. And that's not what we want. I, I'd I'd really um, like to like have more conversation with you about killing the brain, but that's Yeah, it's a. But I do have one last question, and we can wrap yes. this up. Um, the health and your body, and when you're writing, how? Yes. What is it like? What are some of the signs? Like, if you have. Uh, you're having maybe some heart issues or you're having kidney issues or like what would somebody look for in their writing that would tell them that maybe they, I mean, obviously they need to find a professional like you to confirm, but, but just to see like, what is it that they, that might give them an idea of what's going on with their bodies health wise and what, like a part like breast or things right. like that. So basically again, the, the, the writing reflects the, the body. So Anything in the upper zone, like the letter L, mm -hmm. um, and headache is an easy one because if you have if you're having a headache, you're going to see a point. It looks like a little dot that's somewhere in that letter L on the top, mm -hmm. exactly where that headache is happening. Uh, I always tell the story. I, I had I met a man and, and his wife, and I was doing a little handwriting analysis, and you know he he was not really crazy to give me his sample. He he scribbled the sentence and signed his name. And I said to him, so how are you feeling there? And he's like, and the wife's like, he's not feeling good. And I said, let him talk. So he's like, I, you know, I, I haven't had the energy. I, I don't know. I said, have you been to a doctor? And he's like, and she's like, no. And, you know, come to find out he had a blockage in his heart that I was able to see, which is right in the middle zone. So we're looking at the A and the O, which is where your lungs are which is where your heart is in the same position. Mm -hmm. And his writing reflected, it looked like the pen was faulty. Like it had like... Like had dripping like, ink? Yes. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the pen was fine. It was his heart. Yeah. And I showed him, I said, she took him to the emergency room. I gave her my card and I said, do me a favor, you know, just, just, you know, for my own curiosity. He had a blockage in his heart and they obviously had to put a stint and take tests and everything like that. Mm -hmm. you know, he was only in his mid 60s. So mm -hmm. he, yeah. but or physical problems would be the lower zone. It depends on, on where the body is. But I suspect that if somebody is not feeling well, 
and they started writing about it, your brain knows what's happening. You have to pay attention. Something is wrong. Write about how you're feeling. The brain will help. And you, obviously, you should go to a doctor, you know, just to confirm it. But that's... Or, that's, or, or a qualified health practitioner. Yeah, and there, there, there are doctors in uh, Europe who, who do diagnoses with handwriting analysis. Oh, I know. I love that. I love that. I mean, it's like confirmation. It's your kidneys. And, you know, yeah. you, have to have, you have to have a medical background. You yeah. know, obviously, mm-hmm. I, I do study. I, I would like to take more. I would like to take a, a physio- anatomy and physiology course myself. Mm-hmm. But I do have the books and I, you know, I'm, I'm better at it as I, I go along. Yeah. But if I see suspect in the writing, I will always look, you know, I will always open up a human body book and... And just you know. see what, what is, what's where. See the what other is. thing before we, we stop, um, I think I'd like to mention is intuition. Uh, as I was saying before, it's a right brain function. Mm-hmm. We don't trust our intuition. We all have it. It's not like, oh, I wish I had your intuition. You have my intuition. You have your own intuition. The brain... We all have a brain. We all have a left hemisphere and a right hemisphere. Uh-huh. People start to really trust that intuition. That's uh-huh. when it really solidifies. It's yours. So writing helps. Writing helps people to gain a better sense of their inner knowingness. When we use writing, we're really using both sides of the brain uh-huh. yeah. as we're communicating to ourselves through journaling. And it's... I- I, I've just really, really enjoyed this. I, I really, I, I totally believe this is for you know hooking us up together. That was well. You said oh, you found you found. Oh, I found you on the Voyage of the Pen, which um, I want you to talk about where people can reach you. Yes, voyageofthepen.com. I have. Did you get to look at my website? I did. I did. Yeah. So I did. that that's fairly recent, probably four years now. I've had that website. Mm-hmm. Longer. You know, it's very pretty. Thank you. Well, I've had help. You know, I've had a couple people helping me. And yeah. uh, I've been here now in Philly. I, I got divorced, which is why I live alone. And a lot of trauma came from my divorce and, you know, bitter story. But I'm on the upswing now. And the beautiful thing is, that as I've been journaling, that, that, that literally saved my life. That and essential oils saved my life because I did not take any medication at all, even though I had panic attacks. I stopped eating sugar four mm-hmm. years ago, which is, mm-hmm. what a gift. I literally eat no sugar in my diet. And I just really pay attention to everything I In other words, whatever I eat, whatever I do, I, I pay attention to my knowingness. Yeah. And I've had, to, had, a, I've had a lot of assignments that all came back to the same point. Mm-hmm. This is, you're here purposefully, just like you, we, we have this in common. We both have a purpose, that purpose, that, we're, that service or that purpose that we have. That help that we're offering people to help them have a better life is how we're getting replenished in our wellness. And yes. I love that. I do too. Uh, I can tell just by, just by meeting you online. It's kind of like, that, that's why when I looked at how you said disclosure, that was kind of like, how beautiful. That was just like. I, I do that with my words too. It's an extension. We're not looking to. We're not looking to. I don't need to be famous, popular, rich. I just want to be available. I'm so grateful to you. Well, I'm so grateful to you. I, I'm really grateful for the. We need to um, 
and this don't hang up but let, let's just okay all right everybody I hope you enjoyed this um, Joe thank you so incredibly mucho it is uh, the journey what tell me what's your website again the it's journey just the Voy voyage of the pen oh voyage of the pen dot com so that's how you can reach Joe She's incredible, as you can tell, and um, I, I really hope that you will reach out to Joe. I really hope that you will, um, if you want to, to talk with her, then obviously she's going to be there for you. Do you have an email? Is it Joe at? It's voyageofthepen at gmail. Okay, voyageofthepen at gmail.com. So that's one thing. Okay. Perfect. And yes. um, Thank and so you, Lenny, so much for the invitation. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. You've taught our audience a whole lot. So, thanks again. Love you, girly. Love you too. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Wild and Free Healthy You podcast. I hope you learned something new. I appreciate you so incredibly mucho. Make sure you always take care of you first because your health is your number one asset. I'm here to help you protect it. To listen to more episodes, check out LennyMotivates.com and follow me on Instagram at LennyMotivates. Don't forget to share this podcast with family and friends. Remember to always be your biggest fan and your biggest cheerleader because no one can love you more than you can. Take care of you. Ciao.